Welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. And by the way, uh, so as you can see, we're kind of got a new setup right now. It's just the two of us for today's podcast with you guys, and uh, we're working on the couch. Why are you still laughing, Tanner? Are you yeah. Use the the giggles. Is... I keep looking he... at myself in the camera here. And all I see is the hat. <laughs> yes, I, I see your hat too. It is a very special Christmas hat for those of you uh, uh, listening, maybe on the Spotify. But uh, hey, don't worry, I got uh, my chain too. All right, I got my chain. My Christmas spirit. Those right? on YouTube have many many reasons to be laughing right now. So um, <laughs> kudos to you guys that are following us on the YouTube at Sports Buffoons. Uh, but are you gonna hold it together now to the, for the rest of this show, Tanner? Because uh, I have, can't promise anything. We have like three major topics to go over. But first and foremost, you guys, I want to talk real quick for a second here. The, the Chiefs Pro Bowl list just came out, and there was no Creed Humphrey, but Orlando Brown was on the Pro Bowl list. So uh weird stuff i mean i don't i think as i've always said guys the pro bowl is the ultimate version of the popularity contest so it doesn't matter how good you are if people know your name then you're gonna make it so that's just the way the pro bowl works guys you, you gotta love it for what it is as an old wise man once told me you gotta yes. you gotta love it for what it is basically and so um, not a big deal. Also, Lamar Jackson made the pro bowl over Josh Allen even though the numbers don't prove that that should be the case Whatever, that's fine, you guys. So we do have a lot of topics though to get to today. Uh, Tanner, first and foremost, are you are you drinking water or are you on the yak yak? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, drinking water. Wow, Tanner's drinking water today, which is very rare because normally you got some whiskey going. I mean, I see you got a brand new bottle of Lord Forrester. Uh, why is that not the case today? Um, if you knew what my Christmas Eve is usually like, you would understand. You're gonna, you're prepping right now. You're hydrating right now. I've been hydrating for, since for Christmas Eve, basically Sunday. Gotcha. Okay, let's hydrate for Christmas Eve then. Yes. So that when that day comes, you might feel better, or you might just throw up in the bushes anyway. It might just happen anyways. It's very possible. So it's all about prep work right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Well, anyways, what do you have planned though? What are you hanging out with the family? Hanging out with C Dawes, Mr. Connor Dawson? Yeah, he should be there. You know, we got my uh, my aunt and uncles here, and we uh, my, you know my parents come over. And, you know, we just have a good old hey time uh, down there, get the fire pit out, watch whatever the hell's going on down there and just I mean, play some games. And I mean, we literally just have fun. It's just a good time. Right. That's the whole point, right, of hanging out just at Christmas and stuff like that. So, yeah, I get it, man. Uh, I'm sipping on just a little bit of uh, I got some. What did I get? Wild Turkey 101 today. A little sip of that. Went to Mr. Brews. You never go wrong. Mr. Brews, the old, uh, you know, friends of the show, Mr. Brews. Yes. For a little bit. Um, JG is obviously off from the show tonight. Uh, he will be back on hopefully very, very soon. And guys, if you missed out on Thursday night football the other last week, Chiefs and Chargers, we did a live show here on YouTube. It was also posted on Facebook. Turned out phenomenal. I was so happy to interact with so many fans. And then we had a great time together uh, doing that show live for the game. So. Uh, guys, we were hoping to do that once more, once again, sometime before this season's up, at least. Hopefully, you know, playoffs. Uh, we could maybe playoffs. Maybe, maybe. maybe. You, you know, my ass might want to go downtown and party a little bit. You never know. So yeah, I know. We'll, we'll see how things might play have to out. Fight that a little bit, huh? We'll see how things play out. Maybe, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that one. But guys, so our topics today, though, we want to talk about the NFL MVP. We have made our selections on that. The NFL is now very close to making their own pick on that, as a matter of fact. But also. The Chiefs going up against the Steelers now this coming week on Sunday. Is it going to be Sunday? Hmm, remains to be seen if the game stays in place or if that will actually be on Monday night or Tuesday. So that's all debating on the COVID situation that's unfolding. Chiefs now have, at the moment, I believe the number is 14 players on the COVID list here as of Thursday or Wednesday night, excuse me. Didn't it go down by two? Because then well, we get Josh right, back. It, it was really a 16. Get... So it was a 16 oh, total. 16. Got, okay. People weren't counting Derek Dieter, even though he's on the practice squad and all that. Oh, they, okay. So he was being forgotten about. But So now I think they're officially down to, I think, 14. So Willie Gay is obviously now off the list. And so is, um, as Tanner just mentioned, Josh Gordon. So, uh, guys, but the scary thing is, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but 
our boys, Tyreek and Kelsey, both still on the COVID protocol list. So we'll see how those things go as the time unfolds before the game. But don't be surprised this gets moved back to a Monday or Tuesday night game once this is all figured out and, you know, the dust settles on the COVID issue. Right. But also, Tanner, I want to talk about for a minute some of uh, some of the ideas we have for the MVP of the league. But I don't want to talk about quarterbacks. Because quarterbacks. MVP, Tanner, is, is a quarterback-driven kind of a stat. And you, you give it to the best quarterback in the league. Last year, Aaron Rodgers won MVP of the entire NFL, but he did not win Offensive Player of the Year. Offensive Players of the Year are more reserved for your skill position players. And so I think that's something that we've seen over time. In fact, I think the last non-quarterback MVP was LaDainian Tomlinson back in 2006, I believe, 2006, 2007. Yeah. Before that was actually Sean Alexander. Uh, actually, had won, I think, at one point in 06. But, um, so they were back-to-back MVPs of the NFL based on their touchdown performances. Keep in mind, Alexander had just broke Priest Holmes' touchdown record one year after Priest had set it, and then LT came around and broke it right after that. So it was like a big running back nightmare at the time in the NFL where you just had big names everywhere, guys that were just running backs were still a really relevant thing in the NFL where you had an every down back. Most teams had an every down back still. They weren't doing this running back by committee kind of situation. But there's a team in the NFL right now you know, it's not the Titans. Derrick Henry is out for the year. The team in the NFL right now that thrives on what their running back's capable of, their wins and losses come through their, their running back. They've won six of the last seven games and had seven pro bowlers go. This is the Indianapolis Colts, guys. Jonathan Taylor is, is one of the guys we should be talking about as a potential MVP threat due to the fact that he's able to been able to do it with, you know, sure, he had a good offensive line, but Two years in a row now averaging more than five yards a carry, and his quarterback's Carson Wentz. Um, this is something to think about, you guys. I think I think that the Colts are are an interesting team because they are a playoff team, I think. And we've said that for a while because they have a decent defense and a great running game. But should Jonathan Taylor be actually considered, though, this season to be the actual MVP, not just a quarterback-driven MVP? We have six games he's had. Six games of below 100 yards. And that is... Three of them he had at the beginning of the season, right? Jonathan Taylor is a true consideration for MVP. Guy has been dominant. He had what one, two, what his last ten games? He had two games under a hundred yards. I think it was. I think that's the stat right now. For what I'm saying, like the guy's unbelievable, and he drives this team. He drives this team not only to to obviously a hot streak going on, but he's the one that gives them the chance to win. Uh, even look look what against the Buccaneers, right? He had 83 yards, but it was a 5.2 average, right? For, uh, and he had a touchdown against him, but it was the whole point that they kept handing him the ball. 16 uh, attempts that game, and that's a tough defense to go mm-hmm. against. We know that. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Not a lot of running backs succeed against it's that. Getting a 83 yards, huge are, workload right now. 83 yards is some tough yards. 5.2 average is some hard yards against that defense. Mm-hmm. Like that's just. That's, that's a tough way. And the biggest thing is when they needed him the most, they got it. Last game, Patriots, 29 attempts, 29 attempts, 170 yards, 5.9 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. When you need him the most, who's there? Right, JT. Why would you the, not consider this guy? The game solidifying touchdown last week was a 70-yard run from Jonathan Taylor when the game was still on the line. And you hand it to him enough times, he will break free at some point. He's got the perfect perfect ability of height, weight, size, speed, ability right there, and strength. And the, the, the ability to break through tackles, as well as the quickness to be able to make, make guys miss at the same time. So, I mean, you're looking at a really ideal running back. And one of the few, I should say, worked out coming out of Wisconsin. I was about to say, so, 70 Wisconsin worked. I mean, <laughs> hey, there's been a few here and there. But, you know, Wisconsin's had their own issues. Melvin Gordon has turned into a at least He's done uh, well. serviceable running back in the league. Yeah. But Jonathan Taylor's really, really proven himself here in the league. He's no, you know, Ron Dane by any means. No. So, but I mean, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you just look down the way and you just see that extra, extra digit every single time, almost every, every single time of just that extra one right there, one right there. And we thought at times that he was going to break a rushing record the way he was running the Jets game. Hey. 
Well, sure, of course, right? because the record is 296 set by Adrian Peterson. This happened back in 2007. And I think Jonathan Taylor is one of those guys, along with Derrick Henry, that could have one day, one day, I don't know what year when it's going to happen, but we'll set the single game rushing record. And I am so looking forward to the day that we have a 300-yard rusher. That'll be a historic stat that will go down for a long, long time. That's going to be very, very hard to break. Obviously, I'd say even with Derrick, if Derrick Henry was in the talks, I'd say Jonathan Taylor would be one on running backs. Yeah, it's, it's a tough call on that one because both teams are on the running back yeah. to get to where they are. And, you know, the Titans obviously are trying to fight right now within the AFC. I, I just not a team that I'm worried about without Derrick Henry. I don't care about t- the Titans. No. They don't fear me by any means as a Chiefs fan. And if we run in, into them in the playoffs, not a team that I'm going to be caring about seeing by any means. Uh, I will say this, though. The odds makers over here at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, Jonathan Taylor is plus 750 to win the MVP, which, uh, speaking a little uh, easier for you guys out there listening, that makes him third ranked on the list. Which is, I think, where he should rank. Out of all players right now that are up for the MVP odds at the moment. So, uh, JT, a phenomenal running back. But should he win MVP this year? I don't think so. I, I don't really think so. But I think he's doing the best he can. And if you look at the discrepancy between the amount of the numbers he's putting up versus the next closest guy, he blows him out of the water. Just destroys him. I mean, he's up by 400 yards on the next closest guy. And, uh, you know, th- th- we're not getting a lot of production out of running backs, well, at least one running back this year. It's a it's a running back by committee. So the fact he's doing it, he's got 270 rushes this year. We have a 17-game season. So you can expect that number to turn into 350 by the end of it, or at least close at least. to it. Guys, this is going to be a workload for him. He's going to end up with over 1,800 yards rushing this season, which is going to be phenomenal to see. But I'm not done, Tanner. What do you got? Cooper Cup. Oh, my God. Cooper Cup. Now, now JT's having a phenomenal season. But is it the best rushing season of all time? No. No. Of course we've had it. We had better one year ago. Derrick Henry had a 2,000-yard season one year ago, you guys. Was he MVP? No. If Derrick Henry's not MVP with a 2,000-yard rushing season, then Jonathan Taylor is not going to be MVP this year when he hits 1,800 yards by the end of it, you know? In, in, eight, in 17 games. Here's the, here's the deal. Cooper Cup's worst game this season, he had five catches for 64 yards. He's got now nine 100-yard games this season, and he's got he's got the, now the record for the most consecutive games with 90-plus yards for wide receiver. So since that game I just mentioned, where he went five for 64, every game after that, he's had more than 90 yards receiving, and that happened back in like week four. You kidding me? So he's on pace right now. For 1,973 yards receiving, 17 touchdowns, and 148 catches. And this is going to be a case where he's going to potentially tie Michael Thomas's reception record, break Calvin Johnson's receiving record, and then also have just, you know, 17 receiving touchdowns in the meantime as well. Like, it is just unreal the kind of numbers he's putting up. And this is a guy that also just, he's only had one 1,000-yard season in his career coming up to this. And so I think that it's this, this taking this huge step up, this huge leap, and he's one of the smartest route runners in the game. Guy just knows how to get open. You know, he's just he reads the defense so well throughout the progression of a play. And I think that's what's getting him open so much, as well as of course having great hands. He's got a seventy-five percent catch rate, which is putting him up there in the top ten in the league as well. So, man, Cooper Cup deserves so much credit, and uh, I just love you know sitting here circle jerking about this guy because. Cooper Cup and JT are both on my fantasy team, so I just needed to take a moment to gloat. I <clears throat> I got Cooper Cup <laughs> on my ESPN league, so yes, I do love this guy. He's phenomenal. But yeah, like you said, ever since week four versus Arizona, you know when the Rams imploded first time? We saw that. We know that right. happened. Right. right. That was five receptions for Cup, 64 yards, but he still had 12.8 yards in his five receptions average. Sure. Right, so he's still like, his worst game for fantasy this year was eleven points. Everything, everything after that has been like twenties, thirties, consistently. His, his lowest yards outside of that game was ninety-two. Right, ninety-two. So I mean, this is nine games in a row, Tanner, <laughs> of ninety or more receiving yards. It's like, just nuts. This is this is that set the NFL record. You just just look, look last night, as a matter of fact, today's Wednesday. Last night was when it happened. He set the record for most games in a row, ninety plus yards. Yeah, like. And he's only had one game this year where that didn't happen. Yeah, just so, one. So the three games before what you're talking about, Tanner, he also went over 90 yards in those other games. 96, too. 163, 108. So 
I mean, this guy could have had a whole season of every game being over 90 yards receiving, besides the one game. If the Rams didn't implode, one game. That's just absolutely nuts to me. The Cooper Cup is putting up these kinds of numbers. And, you know, obviously credit to where it should be coming from. If you guys saw the thumbnail, Matthew Stafford has been a big part of the reason about why that's, that's happening. Correct. So that's the correct. dude the dude loves him as a Cooper Cup, and it makes more sense, you know. He's reliable, always open, getting the ball. And, and, we and all, healthy. I think we obviously feel the same way. Cup is definitely – it's probably top two in the MVP race, easily. As far as non-quarterbacks, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, as far as overall, it's tough to call because let's talk Has about... Has he broke the record yet? Uh, not yet. No, not yet. So we got to wait for it. 1,900 but is what we're looking when for. When we talk about MVPs, you guys, I think about it like baseball. Baseball has a stat called war. Wins over or wins above replacement is how it's, is how it's pronounced. And so wins above replacement... You know, you take away Cooper Cup, the Rams are probably going to be, I would say, two to three games down from where they're at right now. But guys, if you take away Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, that team right now, you saw what the Chiefs, you saw what happens when the Packers play the Chiefs. Packers scored seven points on offense without Aaron Rodgers on the field. Jordan Love went out there. They couldn't do a damn thing against the Chiefs. And it was just disgusting. And it was a bad game. I mean, a bad football game. And Aaron Rodgers right now, sitting here in this season, Still 110 quarterback rating, which leads the league. And as well as a guy now, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions on the season. One of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire league. And this is a fun fact historically for you guys. The last four seasons combined, Aaron Rodgers has 129 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. 15 interceptions in four years. And 129 touchdowns thrown. That's fucking sick. Are you kidding me? I mean, we have some of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. It doesn't matter who you are. Patrick Mahomes has 13 interceptions. Sure, some of them were by accident. Aaron Rodgers somehow avoids the accidents. He avoids guys dropping the balls right into the defender's hands. So either either he's got some great luck or he's just damn precise. And it's amazing. I think you take Aaron Rodgers away from the Packers, you're looking at a 6-7 to seven win team this season. I think that's, oh, yeah. that's what it becomes down to. So the, the wins above replacement – I mean, you, you can't replace him. He's not replaceable. You're, you're looking if, at the Chicago Bears. Pretty if much. You, if you take yeah. away Aaron Rodgers, you are looking at the Chicago Bears. Yeah, you're not wrong. And so that's what I'm concerned about the most right now as far as the MVP race is like, how can you not pick this guy? You know? No. I mean, obviously we have other names on the list we, we would talk about. Even with Jared Goff still uh, just a year ago, the Rams won, I think, 10 games. Yeah. You know, right now they have 10 wins. So they're probably going to be winning 11 or 12. But – you know, that's two wins above your replacement, technically. And think about it, too, right? We're not – we're talking about this season. But this is a guy that's been doing it year in, year out. Last two seasons, where's he gone? NFC Conference Championship. Twice in a row. He's lost, yes. But he's been doing this year in, year out. And now this season, you take away week one, the biggest fall week, right, for him, where he threw two interceptions. The guy, the guy would have only had two interceptions this year so far. Which blows my mind, but yes, he like just watching him. I don't know if you got a chance to really watch a lot of his games. I've watched a quite. I've watched, I don't know, probably about six or seven where I get to see him, and it's just, I don't know, he just smooth. Yeah, I mean, I still remember this is the same player. I know it was ten years ago, but he actually set the record that season for the best quarterback rating in one season of all time, hundred and twenty-two in one season. And they won the Super Bowl that year over the Steelers. And so, you know, that's that's his one and only Super Bowl win of his career. But this guy is still the same guy that we saw 10 years ago. And because of the efficiency, still got the arm strength, still just as good of an athlete for the most part. You know, he doesn't run like he used to by any means. But you take him away Faked from out that Jalen Ramsey. Sure, of course. <laughs> hey, give him credit for that, you know. You know, he, he hasn't all season long had a per- completion percentage less than 50%. His lowest is week one at 53.6. You take that away, 55 at the Steelers, right? 60%. Outside of that, it's 60 or above. Mm-hmm. 60 or above. The guy is spot on. He knows his receivers. He brought Cobb back, right? Well, he was frustrated because he had Devontae Adams and a bunch of guys that they picked up from free agency. Yeah. No, when I say free agency, I meant undrafted free agency. Correct. I didn't mean actual free agency. Yeah. Guys that were not even drafted, they're now a part of the team that he's had going on this roster forever. Cheap imagine imagine giving Aaron Rodgers a freaking core of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. 
Like, let's say those are your wide receivers. Then what happens? Like, that's just unreal to think about because Rodgers has dealt with his organization not giving him what he wants for a long, long time. And this year he called him out about it, and he did get what he wanted. He got Randall Cobb back, yeah. which is one of the guys he was, you know, obviously a big fan of. And so they, they did make adjust uh, adjustments and an adaption to what Rodgers was wanting because, first of all, you don't have Rodgers. You have nothing on that team. And so they did the right thing. And even Alex Smith one time had an interview in the offseason here during all this whole situation. Alex Smith is like, are you kidding me? Take care of your guy. Like, why would you not pay your – why would you not – not just pay your guy, but, like, why would you not give the guy what he wants? Like, he's looking around the league seeing Mahomes basically, you know, gets whatever he wants in Kansas City. Other quarterbacks are being treated like gold. But Aaron Rodgers is thinking, like, being treated like he's replaceable. And it's got him pissed off. He's going to end up in Denver next year if he's not careful, you know. And so he doesn't really want to be a part of the Packers unless they're going to treat him correctly, right? Yeah. And he still goes out there, despite not really playing in preseason, and goes 30 for four. Touchdown to it picks. Most efficient quarterback in the entire league. It's nuts. And we and we talked about it on our show in the offseason, right? During the whole debacle. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing, Packers? But, okay. So the, right now the odds for Aaron Rodgers, by the way, are plus <clears throat> 125. So, I mean, those he are... moved into the favorite. Right. So he took over Tom Brady's spot, who was originally number one favorite to win MVP again, because Brady still, he leads the league in completions, attempts, yards, and touchdowns at the moment. And part of the reason why he leads the league in yards and touchdowns is because of the attempts. You have more attempts, you have more numbers, blah, blah, blah. You guys get the point. Correct. And so he's actually on pace to have the most attempts ever in his career right now. Two more games, it'll be over his most ever, which is a lot for a 44-year-old old man, you know what I'm saying? And so uh, Tom Brady has an argument, of course, to be won with that, without a doubt. Um, but, you know, is this is this a situation where you think Brady Tanner can steal us back away from Rodgers? Or what's it going to take because – you know, it'd be cool to be a 44 years old and still be MVP, but is he really worthy of that over Rodgers? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I There's just something about it. I think just because of the weapons he has, he's had all season long. Mike Evans, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chris Godwin, Antonio mm-hmm. Brown will be back this week. Like he, It just seems to be a cycle almost with, with his team that there's always weapons versus Aaron Rodgers. He had to go out and play the Arizona Cardinals without Devontae, without Scantling, without the Lizard, you know, without the Lizard King. And, and he won. He went out and won. And Tom right. Brady, he goes out, he loses uh, Godwin, he loses Evans. Uh, Gronkowski had 11, I think 11 attempts thrown his way. And I think he caught with two. Mm-hmm. And they... He loses and throws a tablet to the Saints. All right. He broke a tablet, you know. He needs, he needs to owe the NFL a new tablet, I think. Because you can't just run up to the sidelines head coach and cuss oh. him out. Well, did you hear why he threw it on the ground today? I want to hear about he this. He said he didn't want to get it intercepted, so he threw, made sure he hit the ground. Yeah, let's throw it right in the ground, Tom. No, I, I just I just think there's there's more than just Brady on that team. There's a really good defense. Granted, the Green Bay has a good defense. But they're also missing a lot of key guys still at Green Bay. Their corner's been out. He's still out. Might not play this week again. Um, versus, uh, you know, Brady, they have, like, again, cycle rotation. Uh, a lot of great players. It's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like if you look at the NBA, right? Jason will love this comparison. It's like the Lakers if LeBron. Why LeBron doesn't win MVP all the time? Because he always has a cycle of freaking superstars with them. That's why. That's essentially why Brady should not win MVP. Mm-hmm. Is like he's doing great. Don't get me wrong. I'm impressed. Freaking 44 years old and he's doing this. About to hit a career high somewhere. You know, some kind of stat, which is I think almost impossible by now. But he's he's doing it with far less talent, or he's doing it far more talent than Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you have to counter in all these different factors when you talk about MVP. Because when I talk about like if you take away this guy. Then what's yeah. that team become without him? And so, you know, for Jonathan Taylor's sake, you take away Jonathan Taylor, that right now is an eight-win team for the Colts. Take him away, that's probably a four or five-win team. That's how much he means to that team. Yeah. Probably a four or five-win team. You take away Cooper Cup from the Rams. Instead of having ten wins right now, I bet they only have eight. So that's probably a difference of two games right there. Yeah. Take away Aaron Rodgers from the Packers, and that's where you're looking at like a difference of seven wins. 
mean, are we seeing Jordan Love really go out and win no. 11 games? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And, you know, the Tom Brady sake, you know, that team still had a lot of talent. You could have Tom Brady in there. Say, let's say Tom Brady had an old 2007, you know, throwback with Bernard Pollard giving him a big old shoulder to the knee, and his season was over, and he missed the whole year, and Matt Castle came in again. All right, maybe not Matt Castle. But, you know, say some other bum came in again. Blaine Gabbert? Sure, Blaine Gabbert came in again. Even with Blaine Gabbert, that team with the good running games that they had, you know, because obviously they had Ronald Jones throughout the season, Leonard Fournette, and then obviously the receiving situation they got, they could still end up probably being a playoff team just with that talent alone. And the defense. Being like an eight-win team, eight or nine-win team, and nine wins this year gets you the playoffs. Gets you the playoffs. So I still say it's potential for it to happen that way. Yeah. One more I want to talk about Tanner before we move on here, though. Let's not forget about a guy who's been forgotten about now. Everyone wants to be a hater on Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has had a interesting season because people knew he was going to be better than he was with Detroit. People knew he was good all along. He has a losing record for a career, but we all knew that had nothing to do with his talent. You know, Matthew Stafford now walks into this team, and he's actually the fastest quarterback in NFL history to have 50,000 yards in a career. Fastest one to ever do it. And the other thing is, he's got a 108 quarterback rating, which puts him only behind Aaron Rodgers. That's right. Better than Mahomes. Better than Tom Brady right now. Stafford's having a better season than people realize. And I think that some of the things people remember in their mind about the season of Stafford is he's got three pick sixes on the year. I think he actually leads the NFL in pick sixes. So when it's been bad, it's been bad. I think he did it twice in one game, as a matter of fact. And so it looks worse than it really is statistically. But I do want to say this about Stafford. He's got the number one yards per attempt and yards per completion on play-action passes this season. So basically when he's dropping back to pass and he has a play-action pass, you know, fake to, fake to the running back, obviously, he's got he's been the best in the league at doing that all year long. And that's not a team that has, like, a great running game by any means. Yeah. So there's something about the timing of the offense when you're doing that that's working out so well. In fact, his completions are 15 yards downfield. On average. So his average completion on a play action is 15 yards downfield. That's an average, Tanner. That's pretty nice to think about. And it's also a 121 quarterback rating on those plays, which puts him uh, number two in the league. And so Stafford has also done a great job uh, this season. And I think that, you know, despite losing Robert Woods throughout the year, you know, elevating the play of Rand Jefferson, who now is a deep threat for that offense. And then Cooper Cup, guys, we just talked about him a little bit ago potentially passing Calvin Johnson for the most yards in one season ever. Do you guys not remember who the receiver was, who the quarterback was for Calvin Johnson when that record was set in the first place? Matthew F. and Stafford, guys. Matthew Stafford helped Calvin Johnson set that record back in 2012, I believe. And now Cooper Cup might be passing that record here in 2021. So both times the quarterback was Matthew Stafford. Guys, the guy is just being a baller right now. And he's making plays. I'm enjoying watching him with the Rams in L.A. Um, now, is it, is it perfect? No, there's some issues here and there. But, I mean, without him, is Cooper Cup having another – is Cooper Cup on the verge of a all-time great season? No, not even close. Jared Goff would have done that with him. And that didn't happen. No. So, give Matthew Stafford a lot of credit here for propelling this offense to even greater heights than they already were. And you've missed out uh, of actually Odell Beckham coming into play. And Odell actually being something, again, for a team. He's actually been effective on the team. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm i right there with you. Like, if you – the reason Matthew Stafford is looked down upon is because he plays for the Rams. And because he plays for the Rams, it's because they have all those big names. And they play for Los Angeles, right? They have all the big names. They traded all those first-round picks for the Von Millers, the Jalen Ramseys. They got Aaron Donald. They got all those big defensive guys. So anytime any anybody on that team makes a mistake, it's it's big time frowned upon, right? It's I mean it's like a it's a show. It's highlighted because well, you're you're expected to never make a mistake Correct. if you have that much Correct. talent. And Matthew Stafford coming from the Lions to the Rams is another. It's still a big name, right? It's still a big name, mm-hmm. and so that's another big name going to the Rams, and they're like, oh no, he needs to. He needs to be this higher now. He's, he's at this level. He needs to be now this level. And it's it's just what it's going to be. It's just how it's going to be for them. But if you look at his numbers, guys, the guy only has one game below 
uh, completion percentage. One game, and that was the mm-hmm. Packers game. Mm-hmm. I was in cold, Lambo, snowy field uh, back in November 28th. 55. 55% was his completion percentage then. Outside mm-hmm. of that, he kills it. Right, he's top top three, I believe, in completion percentage this year. Maybe top five. Um, so, I mean, the guy's just playing phenomenal all year. And for the most part, consistent outside of a couple games. He doesn't have a running game. Right. Which Sony, Sony Michelle did look better the other day. He does. But uh, I'll, just, I'll say uh, that. But that's leave the that. Seahawks. Like, get out of here. Yeah, I'll leave that a different day, I guess, on that one. So... Uh, so, Tanner, our official picks now for MVP. Who do you got? Uh, I'm going Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. How could you not go Aaron Rodgers? I mean, it, it, we've made the arguments against ourselves right now and for ourselves about why we think the way we do now. And I've spilled the beans now for the past 25 minutes about why these guys should all be in the running for MVP, but one stood out over the, all the others. One stood out the most over all the others, and we didn't even mention Patrick Mahomes. No. You know? And then, and this Chiefs team, you know, obviously wouldn't be number one in the AFC without him. But Aaron Rodgers is far and away to me the most important player on any given team in the entire league. And especially when you guys thought about the stat that I just told you, Bo, 129 touchdowns and 15 picks over a four-year period. Who does that? Like, how is that possible to do that? And, and you know, just get away with some of the things you can get away with. And, yeah. You know, what, what what kind of things, especially the receivers he's had. You know, he's had a couple good ones, but not always. Like He's made he's made the guys around him better. Like, if they leave, Devontae will see because he might leave. But, like, if you get Mark, you know, Scantling or anybody else that leaves that team and goes somewhere else, they're, what, third strings? Right. No. It, yeah. Easy. Most. Yeah. Maybe not playing. Scant- Volta Scantling on the Chiefs right now would probably be the fifth string, maybe the fourth. He'd battle with Hardman for Special the special teams. He'd battle with Hardman is what he would end up doing on this team. So that would be what his role is on this one. So, so yeah, I'd go Rogers. All right, guys, uh, let's switch it on over to a little bit Chiefs recap for a minute here about the Chargers game from last week before we dive into the Steelers. How about that, Travis. Travis Kelsey in this game absolutely went nuts. And, God, it, it was so much fun talking about this game live while it happened. And Kelsey ended up finishing it with 191 yards and two touchdowns. It was the exact game we've been wanting to see from him for a while now. And, you know, all, all the people out there run around throughout the week and they talk about, like, ooh, who's the best tight end in the league? Is it Mark Andrews? Is, is, it, is it this guy? Is it George Kittle's number one tight end? We hear this shit every freaking year, you idiots. Wake the hell up. Six straight 1,000-yard receiving seasons for Travis Kelsey? Don't be a dumbass. Come on. We, it's we obvious. All know, guys. We all know this. Rob Gronkowski's back. Rob Gronkowski's back. Yeah. Get out well, of here. Andrews had the first 1,000-yard season in Ravens history for yeah. a tight end. First off. Because he did that. Oh, my God. He, he's yeah. the best. But first off, I mean, when you saw that stat, did you, like, sit there and think back for a minute? Like, Todd, he uh, – you know, like the other guys, like, yeah. you're like, what? What? I don't know. I mean, it, that's the thing. The, the tight end position really was evolutionized through some of what Shannon Sharp and Tony Gonzalez was doing, yeah. you know, on the, Sharp, you know, that during that time period. And so, you know, Tony Gonzalez obviously had multiple 1,000-yard seasons in his career. Jason Witten played a long time, yeah. had multiple 1,000-yard seasons. Uh, but really, it wasn't until, you know, the more recent of, of the Gronks of the world and you know, Jimmy Graham and stuff like that that came over receiving position where you you were literally predominantly outside and not in line. Um, but regardless, guys, Kelsey is the best route-running tight end in the league, the most elusive tight end in the league. And, I mean, what can you ask more from the guy like that? But, all right, Tanner, what did you think anyway, just real, real quick about the game from last week? Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit on air, but uh, before we jump into the Steelers matchup, I want to talk with you about kind of what we thought about the impact of that game's going to make now going forward throughout the rest of the season and beating the Chargers to have sole possession of not just the division, but first place in the AFC. You know, I've talked about it so much in the last three weeks, but 
this was the game to finish it off. This is what the game, this was the third game that we needed to win. And we did exactly what we came to do. And it was a hard fight. I, I was, I was so impressed the way the chiefs continued to fight back, even through the momentum struggles through the game, uh, you know, through the Mahomes fumble, uh, the interception, uh, like, Nobody seemed to really give up. I never felt like we were going to be out of the game by any means. Herbert continued to, you know, to do what Herbert does on that offense. But that defense, they would, they they would bend, but they wouldn't break. And then that just the fourth down stops were the biggest things. But the Chiefs came to do what the Chiefs needed to do, and it looked like looked like a Super Bowl team to me. Looked exactly what we needed to do, and it was the kind of game that I think the Chiefs needed. Kind of a similar game to what the Buccaneers game was in a way. Of hey, we had the offense struggle over there. We're getting pounded by the by the Chargers defense. We need some some kind of help on the defensive side, and that's where the defensive came came into play. So I, yeah. I mean, I thought it was kind of a a great building block for the team going, especially going towards playoff ball coming in. Uh, but as far as you know, for the offensive side, I thought it was also a great, like, hey, can we still come back through these situations? And he had three, what, 75-plus yard drives yeah, uh, going to at the end, to, to end, end of the game, yeah. Yeah, so, like, that's I thought it was the exact game that we needed. Yeah, the main thing was picking up the slack from some of the guys that were missed from the game that day, and obviously dealing with the COVID situation with Chris Jones missing the game. Yeah, LeJarius uh, Steen was out due to – uh, obviously, the death of his brother, and then of course um, being missing yeah. uh, Willie Gay yeah. from the game as well, which we saw Nick Bolton go out there and get like almost twenty tackles. Ben Neiman <laughs> made a big play, right? Yeah, that's so what Winston made some big plays. Like we actually had guys make plays we didn't expect. Some right because it, it was on fourth down. Is it the goal line where the team stepped up when they needed him to? And that was the kind of stuff turnover. that you see happening with happen with teams that make deep playoff runs and go to the championship because. The whole team wasn't really there. Plenty of great offense, a top five quarterback, and you still go out there and make plays and enough stops to get a win. And then Mahomes did his magic, of course, where that was back once again and reminded me a lot of the Super Bowl as far as, you know, the way the Chiefs were down for a moment and the Chargers are celebrating. Mahomes fires back and ends up saying, screw you guys, you're going home. Two weeks and, in a row. So, yeah, you're, you're going home, yeah. <laughs> Two weeks yeah, exactly. Row. So, I mean that was that was the main thing I took away from the game. It was it was kind of a vintage Chiefs kind of a game, mm-hmm. and to put it in a, in a certain light like that, where it was a game that you expected to see from 2019 and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's that's exactly what I was kind of looking at. It's like this is a playoff team. Exactly what we needed to see against a good Chargers team. And this Chargers team is good, guys. I hate to say it to you, I I don't want to see them a third time, but. If we get them, I'm not going to be that scared of them. Right. The Chiefs have a challenger now for the for, for coming uh, fu- future, anyway, I should oh, say. Awesome. Because, you know, depending yeah. on what happens with the Broncos and Raiders in the offseason quarterback-wise, it's going to be a Chargers-Chiefs division for the next, you know, roughly five to ten years. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be kind of interesting to how the offseason goes. But, I mean, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes going at it. At least that won't be boring. True that. Tanner, I'm going to have a sip of this whiskey. But in the meantime, um, we have the chiller, st- chillers. Chillers. Maybe I don't need any more whiskey. Maybe maybe I need to not have any more whiskey. We'll see. Uh, let's let's see the the thieves. The chillers, the thieves. Chiefs and Steelers are now coming up sometime in the next uh, week or so. We'll see what day it folds. You know, come, comes up on with the COVID thing going on. Chiefs are favored by seven points in this game. I would not touch that freaking thing with a mile. No. Why would you bet on this game right now? That is Don't nuts. Do anything. The Chiefs are favored by seven. I would not touch anything with that bet whatsoever. No. That's nuts to me. Don't. Like, if anything, I'd probably take the Steelers on that. I wouldn't do if the, anything. If the Chiefs are favored by seven right now, I'd take the Steelers. I wouldn't do anything. I, I well, correct. That's what I'm saying to pe- the people out there. I would Don't do anything. Steelers. Don't do anything. But yeah. Chiefs now rank third offensively in the entire league. But – they will not be playing like the third best offense if they're missing a few key additions due to the COVID situation now that has unfolded in this team. Uh, obviously, you guys, take a look.
that was a lot of people on that list. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that's not all of them. I mean, that's that's a few of the key players. Obviously, we had we had Harrison Bucker, Blake Bell was on there, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey. Um, those are the key addition, key offensive players, obviously, that have tested positive for COVID. And obviously, we know with the new COVID protocols and all that, that, you know, the, well, I guess they did adjust them. But from what I've heard now, Tanner, is that if you're a player who was put in a protocol before the new rules were implemented, you still have to abide by the old rules. That's what I thought. It's stupid, but, you know, nothing makes sense anymore. So, basically, you still got to abide by the old rules until you're off. But if you were newly placed on as of, what, yesterday or today? Then you yeah. can now go within the new rules, which says you have one negative test, and then you're free. Correct? I think so. If you're yeah, vaccinated. That's what it is, yeah. And so, as we all know, guys, or maybe we don't know, but this entire, for the most part, roster is vaccinated. Chiefs are 95% vaccinated on the roster. They get a couple guys. One of them is Harrison Bucker, so he will be missing the game. The Chiefs have a kicker named <clears throat> Elliot Fry on the roster now to replace Harrison Bucker for the Steelers game. And those of you out there, if you, know, if you, if you don't know why I coughed when I said Elliot, then uh, you, you don't deserve to be here. But otherwise, um, <laughs> otherwise, you guys, we could see some of these guys come back. Chris Jones should be coming off this. By the way, you saw that picture. Willie Gay is on that picture we just showed, but he is now free and off the COVID list, as long with Josh Gordon. He is now part of the team as well. But if Tyreek Hill misses time, um, this and Kelsey, if they, if either one of them missed time, this is the offense is going to look very different here for a bit because I don't know if Noah Gray is going to come in and take over all the reps of what Travis Kelsey was providing to the team. And then at the receiver standpoint, guys, Tyreek really does run the show offensively as far as the receiving game goes for this team. Uh, he's on pace to set the Chiefs record for receptions in a single season. And so without him, you're looking at a situation where you're having to start, you know, Miko Hardman. Byron Pringle, Demarcus Robinson as your number one receivers. And then, you know, hopefully Josh Gordon can make an impact once again. But you're looking at Mahomes being in a situation now, and everyone ever wants to sit around and clamor like, oh, Mahomes is just good for all his weapons and blah, blah, blah. He's a system quarterback. Yes, I hear idiots out there say that all the time on Twitter. You guys are buffoons. That's right. I called you buffoons now. Not just us with Tanner and his Santa Claus hat. But, guys, Mahomes is going to make people look silly because he's going to make some of these guys that are left over with the rest of the roster look pretty damn good at the end of the day. So you're going to see, you know, maybe a Byron Pringle or or a Josh Gordon have a have a big day um, in the absence of Tyreek Hill if that is to be the way it's played out. But still plenty of time to work with things, so we'll see how things unfold with that. Tanner, Chiefs-Steelers game, tell me some of your thoughts on what's, what you think about how the Chiefs can overcome some of the COVID um illness that they're going through at the moment right now get ahead early don't let these all right get ahead early and don't let these Steelers do what the Steelers do because the Steelers are the most inconsistent team but they somehow find a way to win and that's just a Mike Tomlin thing right Mike Tomlin's over here not still doesn't have a losing season and may not by the end of the season for somehow with you know even with Mason Rudolph last year so, like, you just you just got to be able to score points, period. Let Patrick Mahomes do Patrick Mahomes things uh, and stuff the ball. Just run the ball. It's a simple – I mean, it's as simple as that. Hopefully you get Chris Jones back. That's going to be huge. Um, and I would love it if we get Nick Bolton back. I'd feel a lot better with yeah, but he, he just went on the COVID protocol, Tanner, and that's uh, what scares me out. Bolton is – he went on. Gay came back. So Gay will be back this week, but Nick Bolton man, be, might not. That would be nice. But, I mean, essentially with the Steelers, though, Najee, <clears throat> sorry, Najee, uh, you got to kind of contain him. I think this this week he could have a big game uh, going against us as a check down guy because our secondary guy, I'm not worried about our secondary guys, even with Fenton out, right? Uh, Fenton. Is, is currently in COVID as well as Travarius yeah, Ward. Though. Correct. Ward is also well, out. We got Sneed. We, we got yeah, Sneed will be back. back, of course. We got Hughes. We got Baker. Those guys play pretty well. I'm not worried about Claypool and all them. But I think Harris could have a big game. So we got to kind of uh, watch the like the drop downs. There. We will be finally down to their level as far as talent-wise if we, if we, we go into this be. game this way. So that's something to think about. At least it will be an even yeah. matchup uh, as far as offensive and defensive talent. Look, if, if The past few games for Pittsburgh, right? 
when did they start coming back? It was the second half. The second half, they made all their adjustments. Or at halftime, they made all their adjustments, and they started coming back second half. They almost beat the Vikings on Thursday Night Football in the second half. They lost on a, on a perfectly swatted down hit by Harrison Smith. Not last game against the Tennessee Titans. It was halftime. They made adjustments. They came back, and they beat the Tennessee Titans. We can't let them do that to us again. Or they can't to us again. They can't. We can't let them do that this week to us, right? If we get ahead, we got to stay ahead, and we can't. We have to adjust if they adjust, right? Sure. That's that's the thing. Steelers and Tomlin are really good at adjusting at halftime, and they make a good game plan. They've done it the last three weeks, and they're not afraid to 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 make a whole new game plan on it, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, that's that's the whole thing. Is if they adjust, we got to figure it out quick, and we got to make sure we just continue and figure out what we got to do to get that done. Yeah, Steelers, to me, are a better team at winning than they are at numbers. Because I, I feel like they're more strategic keep, in a way. Keep in mind, something with the Steelers, they're 7-6-1 and six and one on the season, right? That's their record. Correct. And so, with that said, they're 20th ranked on offense, and they're 22nd in defense. Both of those are bottom half of the league. So, with, even with being bottom half of the league in your rankings, somehow you're still above the threshold of the 500 mark, obviously. So, uh, that's just something to think about um, with this team and the way they're structured where they do. And I think that comes down to coaching. I think when, when you have a team who, who does lack some talent and maybe has an old, crusty quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger and he's no good anymore and you can still find a way to make things happen here and there to get get some wins. Hey, now, there. hey, now. But then, you're, but then you're bad enough to lose to, the, or to tie with the Lions. Now, now, hey, now. Big Ben over here the last couple of weeks, he's had some pretty place balls. He, he ain't completely washed up yet. Not completely. He has something left in there. Hey, I will gladly take playing against Roethlisberger any day of the week. If I have to pick a quarterback to play against, I'll take Ben these days. If you asked me that 10 years ago, I would say hell no. But today's Ben Roethlisberger is not the same. Get pressure, no, no, get pressure on that. Same. Get pressure on that statue. Correct. You got. You still have a healthy Melvin Ingram. Correct. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And as long as Chris Jones comes back, I mean, guys, pressure up the middle on Ben Roethlisberger, it'll be game over oh, for that team. That's what we need. And so that, that's that's the last thing the Steelers want for that whole, whole structure because then you you got Deontay Johnson, wide receiver, Chase Claypool, who we all know has ups and downs throughout the season. But I think this is a very, very beatable team for the Chiefs. And even though their record has seven wins on it, to me, this is a below 500 team with a good coach yeah. is the way I look at the Steelers. And so, coach. you know, yeah. the Chiefs, I think, can overcome a lot of things because Andy Reid is also a great coach. But I think – He's better at game planning and, you know, fitting things in that are going to work throughout the week and adapting as well to what we have to work with. I think he's great at that. And so I think this week you might see a heavy dose of the run game. I see a big game from Darrell Williams because I love my I love my some Darrell Williams, great hands, Darrell Williams, who's going to pound the rock up the middle. He may only get four yards of carry, but he's going to do it very, very efficiently. And so that's what I like about Darrell Williams is that he's always there when you need him to be reliable and make plays. And he doesn't make like big explosive plays ever, rarely, but he's consistent. He's a, he's a, one of those chuggers that just goes along and along and along and matriculates the ball down the field and all that kind of stuff. He takes the hits too. He's not afraid to go out there. And oh, very physical. I like that about take him. Take that hit. And Clyde obviously is back, you know, been back for a couple of weeks now. And uh, he's been looking he's, pretty good, I think. He's, he's actually averaging almost five yards of carry. Good. Which, you know, for me, that's a threshold of like elite status. Not that he's been elite, but, you know, they've, they've given him the Jamal ball. Jamal Charles status? Jamal Charles is actually a six yards a carry yards, kind of a status. Right? Yeah. So that's that's harder to get to. It's, so uh... not quite Jamal Charles <laughs> status as far as that goes. But uh, yeah. I just I just want to point out one more, one more thing, though, with the Chiefs game here. Um, as far as the other ten worst teams and giveaways in the NFL, because the Chiefs right now rank second in the league and still the most turnovers in the league. Second in the, in the league and still most giveaways in the league. I want to see what's wrong with this list because the Chiefs, as I said, are just behind the Jets. The Jets are number one in most giveaways. They have 26 on the season. The other teams on that list are the Bears, Jaguars, Panthers, Washington football team, the Falcons, the Titans, Dolphins, and Bengals. Now, now tell me what's wrong with that list. Tell me, tell me what that what about that list that is named after you of teams that sounds off when you say the Kansas City Chiefs or with the rest of those teams, and in fact, they're at the top of that list. This tells me this team still has a lot of untapped potential. When I talk about mixing them in with all these teams, and yet they still lead the AFC in wins, 
this team has more untapped potential than I'm trying to... Look, look, just clean up the damn turnovers. I know that we had two last week. Clean up the damn turnovers. This team is probably going to, in a 17-game season, win like 15 games. Just stop turning the damn ball over, and you are golden. See, you're in the same boat as all these teams I just lifted off. The Jets, Falcons, Panthers, Bears, Jags, Washington football team. That's what you. That's who you're categorized with. You should be ashamed. No, I'm just kidding, guys. No, it, it is. It, it is kind of an embarrassing stat, that but it's also. It's yeah. also what I meant. To, what I mean to bring up by that is that's a, a glimmer of hope. Glimmer of hope of like, if we get to the playoffs and just literally don't do what those teams do, don't do uncharacteristic things that the Chiefs have been doing this season, then you are going to explode. Like you're not going to put as much pressure on the defense. Offensively, you'll be scoring touchdowns instead of turning the ball over. And as I said, they rank third in the league in yards right now offensively. Guys, that I'm giving you the stat not to bring you down, but to build you up and realize, whoa, if they just literally don't fumble or don't throw interceptions or you mean hand the ball off to the guy next to you, then you're going to win big time. So You're going you're gonna to win? That, that's my Chiefs out of the day. Tanner, uh, any, any other comments about the Chiefs, though? Chiefs-Steelers game? Look, I'm just saying – Steelers have been known to come back this season on stuff. Like a 20-point lead is not a safe bet. Uh, it's just a team that you never know what the hell is going to happen. They're, my, they're just the biggest worry of being the inconsistent team. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Gotcha. Well, I, I can't give a prediction because I why would I pick the game right now? I'll pick that game as time comes closer, probably on a TikTok coming soon to you out there in YouTube land. So give us a follow on TikTok and you will see our game prediction at some point throughout this week of not just the Chiefs, but a few other games as well, as well as some fantasy championship lineup ideas. I did pretty damn good last week, Tanner, and my uh, my chips and salsa TikTok. Even on a horrible fantasy matchup or playoff week. I still got most of my predictions right. So I've been pretty good this season. As far as getting things accurate, so if you guys need any advice, I'm here. Um, leave us a comment, and then I'll help you out with some more fantasy discussion. We, we have enjoyed the random commenters that have come onto our channel and asked questions throughout the season about fantasy lineups and so on. And so even if you're in a keeper league and you don't know who to keep for next year, drop that in the comments too because I'd be happy and love to answer questions like that. So that'd be cool as well. Uh, one more thing, Tan, before we wrap it up, though. Um, so... The COVID situation, not it's not just overtaking the Chiefs. Yeah, it's taken over all sports. It's taken over the NHL. NHL is canceling games. Uh, NBA they canceling games. Tanner postponing games. I they should say postponing games. And so they've done that. Now the NFL is up to over 140 current players in the COVID protocol, and it seems to be kind of striking teams one by one in a way, where it's just like you know you're That's next. What it feels it's, like. It's, you know, so last week it was all about the Rams and Washington, Washington. football team who had like 18 players on the COVID list. And, and the then Bears. this this whole week has been all about piling on the Chiefs. And the Chiefs got up to 16 at one point. And so with that said, I mean, what does the league do with this going forward? Because we're going to assume for a minute here that COVID is going to be something that's going to be around for a while going forward and beyond um you know, this football season, let's assume it's still going to be around and we have this, this new variant and we know, you know, a little bit here and there about the new variant, but there's also a lot of false information about it as well. But I think what do sports do to counteract this whole situation? How do they get it to where we can all kind of live a normal sports life? Is it is it less frequent testing of asymptomatic players or is it continue what you're doing and then just, you know, treat all of these like they're a one week injury? Like, I'm just curious of your input on how do sports go about this? Because we can't do sports like this every year from here on out because it's not fair to the players who are missing games, missing game checks, and it's not fair to the structure of the way these sports are laid out. And as we've talked about in the past, is this an asterisk season? It can be an asterisk season for many sports. And so I don't want to see any asterisk season ever. I want all sports to be you know, back to normal having your best players play unless they have a severe concussion, torn ACL, you know, et cetera, you know, Achilles tear. It's, you know, the normal injuries you have in the course of a football game. Yeah. I mean, how, this is how I think sports should go about it, right? I kind of agree with uh, – you kind of hit on the spot there. Asymptomatic. Uh, I don't think you should 
you should have to test for that. If you walk in, I'm sure there's, I don't, I don't understand the full test, like the questions and testing that each player walks into the facility each day. Right. But I'm sure there's check boxes and stuff. Of course they got to do the test, but I feel like if it's like walking to the doctor's office, right. You fill out the check boxes, right. If have you experienced this in the last 24 hours or recently or whatever. So you're saying they should do it every day. Yeah, I think you should. I think they should be is able that, to do that every day. But I'm not okay. saying test. I'm right. just saying like, hey, do you have you experienced any of this in the mm-hmm. in the last 24 hours? I see. Like some some kind of like if you want to try to you know contain not contain it, but you know make some kind of protocol. You know maybe not test every day. If you're going to do it, maybe you can test weekly or test when you get something suspicious. But here's the thing: I'm I'm a little afraid of just for the playing the devil's advocate here is that. You're gonna have players that lie about how they're feeling. Yeah, no, that's and the so other thing. That's the hard part. You, about it. I don't. I don't. I feel like just testing every player every day is also unnecessary, and especially if they're feeling 100 percent fine. Um, and as we all know, those of you out there that have followed along with the whole COVID thing, um, the truth be told, if you're asymptomatic, you are very unlikely to be spreading any kind of a COVID, any kind of a coronavirus to anyone. It's it's much less likely that you spread anything if you have no symptoms whatsoever. Hence, literally feel 100% fine. We can't just we can't just assume that I'm sitting here with you and that you have COVID because you feel fine. Yeah. You know, if you don't feel fine, then tell me that so I can get the hell out of here. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? And so my point is being that, like, it requires honesty with the players for everything to be running correctly. At the same time, just testing guys for the sake of testing them who do not have a severe illness or any illness for that matter is just silly to me. And you're inflating numbers now at this point within the COVID so, situation. Because every player on the Chiefs, as far as I understand, that has tested positive has not had any symptoms. Or if they have, it's been very mild. Yeah. So, like, let's let's say, right, say they do that checkbox thing. You get caught. How big's your fine, right? How big's mm-hmm. the fine? You know, is it a team fine and NFL fine? Like, are mm-hmm. you talking about like, pretty much almost a paycheck kind of deal? Like, I'm pretty sure players start listening if you find them more than just – you know, like a big hit or you're taunting, you know, I'm going to point at you if it's, you know, kind of fine or whatever. So, like, if you start taking money out of players' pockets, and I mean money out of players' pockets, like even like the Aaron Rodgers kind of money, depending on what their salary is, you're probably going to get people to listen. Mm -hmm. And they're probably going to be a little bit more open, like, I don't really want to have to risk that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially also... So, same thing with work, you know, our workplaces yeah. and all that. A lot of jobs are now expecting their employees to go back into the work facility. And you still have to be honest in there. You can't, you know, obviously now they want you to come back into the building for whatever reason. I don't know. But you, yeah. know, you go back. But, you know, let's say if you are, you know, feeling sick, you know, then obviously you don't want to go in. But they also require honesty of you to be open about how you're feeling when you go into work. You know, Correct. but some people in the past, even, even at uh, my workplace at times... I know for a fact there's been people who are scared to admit that they weren't feeling well because they were afraid of missing work and missing a, missing money on their paycheck. So what I'm, what I'm afraid of is if the NFL turns to that, then you're going to have a similar situation, and it's going to yeah. be hard to prove otherwise. Well, I mean, if you're – yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I, I think if you're being honest about it, you're not necessarily going to be missing that. Right. So my, my thought right there going forward, though – is I do agree with stop testing asymptomatic players, especially every freaking day. Um, I do like the idea of what they're doing right now as far as just one negative test and you're back free. Um, I, I'm not a fan of how they are separating the rules so much still for unvaccinated versus vaccinated players. As we know, Harrison Bucker, no matter what, no matter if he tests negative tomorrow, doesn't matter. He's got to sit out 10 days no matter what. Yeah, it still doesn't make so, sense to me. One way or the other, as we all know, as we've we've learned, it's, uh, it's there's too much politics being played right now within the system of how this is running. But um, I think that we have to be figured out sometime soon because we can't continue sports the way it's gone on, the way it's gone on with within the COVID situation the past few weeks. Because going into next year, this could happen again, and I don't want to be seeing sports turn into what it's turned into this year. Right? You know? Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. All right, Tanner, any final thoughts? Nah, man. I'd say everybody have a great Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. See you guys. I'll see you all on the next one. See you guys.